Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. I'm going to read Amos chapter 3. I'm going to be uh, reading verses 7 and 8. When you have it, won't you say, I got it? Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. It says, surely the Lord God does nothing. Everybody say nothing. Unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. Verse 8, a lion has roared who will not fear. The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy. Verse 7 again, it says, surely the Lord God does nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. Say it again. Say nothing. nothing. Unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. Everybody say the prophets. A lion has roared, who will not fear. The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Amen. I want to preach uh, for a little while using as a subject. uh, I'm talking about the gift of prophecy, but my topic for my sermon is this. There is a word from the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say there is a word from the Lord. Amen. Father, thank you for this time. Help us now in Jesus name. Amen. There is a word from the Lord. Last week, you heard me talk about my father, and you heard me tell you that my dad is a consummate handyman. He is, in our family, Bob the Builder. His motto is, can we fix it? Yes, we can. And a few years ago, he was working on a project at his house, and I was there to visit him and my mother, and I decided while I was there that I was going to run to one of my favorite restaurants in Omaha called Pepper Jack's. Uh, Pepper Jack's is conveniently located across the street from my father's favorite store because he's a handyman called Home Depot. So when I was running to Pepper Jack's, my father asked me to stop by Home Depot and to pick up a couple of things for him so that he could finish his work. When I got to Home Depot, it dawned on me that I had a problem because my father sent me to the hardware store on an assignment and he provided me with instructions but I was having trouble because I needed clarity. I didn't understand the instructions. I needed clarity not because my father's instructions were insufficient and not because his list was in error, but unlike my father, I'm not a handyman. And because of my limited knowledge, I needed to hear a word from my father. I needed to hear my father not because there was a problem with what he had written, but because there was a problem with me. So I picked up the phone and called my father because I knew that I could that if I could hear from him directly what he said on the phone would help me understand what he had written on the list. There was only one problem when I called my daddy like he often does. He didn't answer. And you may not have recently had to deal with the frustration of trying to make a phone call to a family member that wouldn't answer the phone. But if we would be honest, when we look at the world around us and even when we survey the condition of our own lives, it is clear that we need to hear a word from our father. 
Now, I'm not talking about a conversation with the human handyman, but I'm talking about a word from the Lord and not just another sermon, but we need to hear a message from heaven that communicates the heart of God. When we look at our nation and look at the current constitutional crisis, our country being torn apart by partisan politics and a White House that is run by a pathological liar, it is clear that we need a word from the Lord. When we see a justice system that called a war on drugs targeted against men and women of color, putting thousands of black men and women in jail, but then years later legalizes marijuana so that white men can get rich doing the same thing that once tore black and brown families apart. It is clear that we need a word from the Lord. When we see women and immigrants and the poor being pushed to the margins of society and forced and, and forgotten by a government that constantly looks past the least, the lost, and the left out, it's clear that we need a word from the Lord. When we see churches that are more committed to dead traditions than they are to reaching people, pastors who are more focused on promoting their agenda than they are to making disciples, loveless leaders, self-righteous saints, and powerless people in the pews it is clear beloved that we need a word from the Lord and we all see it even if we don't want to admit it and the reality is that our culture is in chaos and we are in need of clarity that only the word of the Lord can provide and while it would be easy to be consumed by the chaos in the culture the good news for us is God is not done speaking to his people we need a word from the Lord beloved and the good news is there is is a word from the Lord and I know that the world is going crazy and we need to hear from God from the White House to the church house and because of this and because of his love for his people rather God is still speaking and it is the responsibility of those with the gift of prophecy to hear what God is saying and to say what God has said when the church is in need of direction God uses the gift of prophecy to provide clarity to his people conviction to the lost, consolation to the hurting, and to call the hearts of a generation back to God. Yes, God has spoken through his written word, and we thank God for the Bible, but because of his grace, God uses the gift of prophecy to encourage and to build up his church. And is there anybody here who is glad that God is still speaking? Okay, y'all sleep on me. As a matter of fact, if you look back over your life and you think about the mess that you've done and the mistakes that you've made, you know that you don't deserve to be on speaking terms with God. But in spite of your flaws and your failures, your mistakes and your mess ups, God is still speaking. God, help me. I know it's early and it's hot in here, but do me a favor and touch your neighbor and say, I don't deserve it, but he's still talking to me. Yeah, I don't deserve it, but he's still talking to me. God is still speaking to me. I know people try to tell you that God is done talking and that he has nothing left to say. And that voice you heard was just you talking to yourself. But is there anybody here that knows that God is still talking to you and you're glad about the fact that when you should have been cut off and that when God should have stopped talking to you, he still spoke a word to you in the midst of your mess that called you from darkness into light. Yes, God is still speaking and he is doing it through the supernatural gift of prophecy. Everybody say prophecy. 
As a matter of fact, this is the claim that Amos the prophet is making in our text. Amos was a man who prophesied during the same time as Isaiah and Hosea. But unlike his contemporaries, Amos was not a church boy. He didn't come from a family of priests and prophets. But instead, while Amos was keeping sheep and tending to his fig trees, he received a call from the Lord to speak on his behalf. And in verse 7 of Amos chapter 3, while preparing to tell God's people about their sin, Amos tells us that before God does anything in the earth, somebody say anything, he will reveal it first to his servants, the prophets. And it will be the responsibility of his prophets to communicate his will to his people. As a matter of fact, Amos, Amos says that just as the natural response to the roar of the lion is for a man to fear, the natural response to the speaking of God is for his prophets to prophesy. God, help me. You missed it. Let me say it again. Just like a lion's roar in the wilderness induces fear in a man in the wilderness, when God speaks, his prophets have no choice but to prophesy. And as we study what it truly means to be gifted by the Spirit of God, I believe that it is important that we study what the Apostle Paul calls in 1 Corinthians 14, the most desirable gift. Because if we're going to be the church that God is calling us to be, then the church needs to hear from heaven. And if the church is going to hear from heaven, then we need to understand the gift of prophecy. We have to identify those among us with the gift of prophecy and we have to activate them in the life of the church so that they can stand up and say what God has said somebody say amen First of all, we have to understand that there was a great misconception of what biblical prophecy actually is. And I believe that this misconception, this misunderstanding of the nature of prophecy has caused many to doubt whether or not prophecy is real at all. Because prophecy is misunderstood, people try to say that it is invalid. But let me explain to you what prophecy is. Prophecy happens when God, by his grace, everybody say grace speaks to a man or a woman and reveals his heart and his will so that his people can be built up for his glory. Prophecy is when God supernaturally brings something to mind to provide clarity to his will for a specific season or for a specific situation. Now, whereas the Bible is the logos, the written word of God, prophecy is the rhema, the spoken word of God. Many, don't, many who don't believe in the gifts of the spirit now try to claim that New Testament prophecy is the act of the preach is the act of preaching but according to the Bible that notion is incorrect prophecy is different from preaching because the crafting of a sermon although it should be illuminated and saturated by the Holy Spirit as well it is a work of human intellect fueled by study preparation and rhetorical skill the better of a speaker you are the better of a preacher you'll become that's why there are many people who speak well but they and people think they're preaching but they're not preaching because they're not using the Bible if you haven't taken a text you haven't preached God help me that's another sermon but when you prophesy prophecy is when God supernaturally gives a word for his people that wasn't crafted in the pastor's study but that comes hot off the presses of heaven with insight and clarity that could not be produced by human wisdom alone prophecy is not fortune-telling and self-proclaimed psychics are not the same things as prophets because while the fortune teller derives their vision from the stars or from the cards or 
from the ancestors and while the psychic draws information from the spirit of divination and witchcraft the prophet gains their revelation because they have spent time with God and they don't seek to communicate their own message but they seek to say only what God has said not only is prophecy not preaching and not only is prophecy not fortune telling but Romans chapter 12 verse 6 tells us that prophecy is an act of faith listen to me Paul says in Romans 12 verse 6 since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us each of us is to exercise them accordingly if prophecy let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith Paul says if you are a prophet you can only prophesy in as much as you have faith prophecy is an act of faith beloved because the one who is prophesying saying first of all has to believe that God wants to speak to his people and secondly they have to believe that God is truly speaking to them and the sad reality is that many prophets have been paralyzed in the church not because they cannot hear God but because they don't have the faith to believe that God is speaking and that God is speaking to them and so the enemy tries to silence the voice of the prophet by attacking their faith and filling them with doubt telling you that God can't use you because of the things that you've done and that he can't speak to you because of all the things that you've gone through and he wants to keep you from speaking a word to God's people because you can't believe that God would use you but if you are a prophet and you have been afraid to function because of the lies of the enemy you need to know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus if God has called you he's called you by his grace and gifted you by the Holy Spirit and this is the season where you have to grab a hold to your faith again so that you can say what the Lord has said. As a matter of fact, I know it ain't many of us sitting here today, but that's why you're here. I believe that there was a prophet that has been blessed with the gift of prophecy, but because you had a pastor that didn't teach on it or because you saw a TV prophet that abused it or manipulated people with it, you've allowed doubt to shut your mouth, but God sent you here so that your faith could be reactivated, so that your faith, good God Almighty, could be restored and when you get your faith back you'll finally open your mouth and begin to prophesy God help me and I came to tell somebody God's about to give you your faith back God help me I don't know who I'm preaching to in the building I don't know what you've gone through I don't know what circumstance in your life tried to take it from you but God is getting ready to give you your faith back I know you lost it I know you let it go I know you said that wasn't the Lord and that was just your emotions and that was just your intuition but God is speaking to you and you got to get your faith back so that you can say what God has said and this is the season where he's about to let you have your faith back yeah yeah prophecy prophecy and many people are, are divided beloved when it comes to the gift of prophecy in the church that is because for those of us who believe in the gift of prophecy there seems to be a paradox everybody say paradox yeah, that's one of those college words. It means a seeming contradiction. Uh, the, the paradox is, although we believe in the power of the spoken word, we still believe and promote the power and the authority of the written word. We believe that God has already spoken to his church through the words contained in the Bible. 
and that the Bible is completely without error and that it is the ultimate authority and that its word should govern how we live our lives. We believe that the Bible is totally sufficient to provide us with everything we need to know and to follow God. However, we also believe that because God loves us, he still speaks to us through the gift of prophecy. Contrary to what the opponents of prophecy might say, those of us who believe in prophecy do believe that the Bible is enough. We simply believe that God doesn't have to stop at just enough. Yes, the Bible is sufficient and God is not obligated to say anything other than what he has already said. But God is so good and so kind that when the church needs clarity and guidance, God partners his written word with his spoken word to give us prophecy. Prophecy, hear me now, is proof that the God we serve is a God of more than enough. God, help me. You missed it. I said prophecy is proof that the God we serve is a God of more than enough. And I know this ain't in my message, but this is a good place for me to stop and ask the question, is there anybody here who's glad that we serve a God of more than enough? I, I know it's Mother's Day, and I didn't preach a message about Hannah and Penina this week, but uh, is there any mother that's glad that you found out that God is a God of more than enough, that God does not just meet your need, God exceeds your need. God doesn't just do just enough, but he does more than enough. He does exceeding abundantly above all the you can ask or think and so even though we believe in the power of prophecy we do not believe that prophecy hear me now you got to hear me clearly we do not believe that prophecy is equal to the written word of God this is because the Bible was verbally inspired by God somebody say verbally inspired what does this mean this means that every word that was written in the Bible was prompted or superintended by the Holy Spirit. Prophetic utterances, on the other hand, although they are divine revelation, unlike the words contained in the Bible, they are subject to our human interpretation, our understanding, and they are subject to our emotions. And because of that, prophecy is subject to error. Yeah. Uh, when God prompted the writers of scripture to write the words of the Bible, the Holy Spirit compelled each writer to write what they wrote. And God, by his power, ensured that his message was proper, was perfectly communicated and preserved in the text. But when God speaks through prophecy, although his word is perfect, because, of our, because our human minds are subject to corruption and our motives are subject to question, sometimes we misunderstand and miscommunicate the words that God has spoken through prophecy. This is why prophecy, although effective and valid and necessary and powerful, will never supersede or override the words of scripture somebody say amen but instead prophecy depends on the written word of God for its validation this is the very first test of whether or not prophecy is true not whether or not what they say comes true but the first test of whether or not prophecy is actually prophecy is whether or not it agrees with the written word of the Bible this is important we got to remember this we judge what God is saying by what God has already said. This is why it is impossible for you to effectively function as a prophet and not know your Bible. Got too many people that can prophesy but can't quote scripture. 
Got too many people that want to prophesy but don't know sound doctrine. And this is because your knowledge of the Bible will help you know if what you heard was God's voice and not your own mind and your emotions. Prophecy has to be validated by scripture. Now, the natural objection to this is if prophecy must agree with scripture to be valid and we truly believe that the Bible is enough, then why is prophecy even necessary? Yeah, if, if we really believe that prophecy has to agree with the word of God and that the written word of God in itself is sufficient, then why do we need prophecy at all? We could just read our Bibles and know what thus saith the Lord. But that's like arguing that because your GPS system has to agree or be synchronized with a map in order to work. And if you just study the map, you'll get to where you want to go. There's no need for a GPS system. And while it's true that the GPS is dependent upon the map to be effective, and that the voices in our GPS, our Siri, our Waze, and our Google Maps are useless without the information contained in the actual written map. It is also true that there are times when I'm lost, not because there is a problem with the map, but because there is a problem with me. There are times when I'm going somewhere and I can't find my way. But the beauty of GPS is that even when my phone falls on the floor or when my screen in my truck is turned off and I don't have the ability to see the map, I can't pick up the map and open it and pinpoint my location and find my way. Even when I can't see the map, my GPS still has a voice. God help me. Oh God, and when we're confused because of our limited understanding and we want to know God's will, prophecy is the GPS of God. God help me. It provides us with divine turn by turn directions to get us to God's destination for our lives. When the words of the Bible are clear but our culture makes the words of the Bible hard to apply. Prophecy speaks to us and provides us a clear way forward even in spite of the obstacles of our culture. God uses the voice of the prophets to encourage our faith and to push us towards godliness. God has called prophets to walk among us as the theologian Carl Barth has said with a Bible in one hand but with a newspaper in the other and to look into the face of a church that has grown worldly a government that is corrupt and a generation that has forgotten God and declare this is what God is saying and yes the Bible is sufficient and yes preaching is powerful but prophecy is the proof that when God meets a need he doesn't stop there but because of his love and his mercy and his grace God gives us more than enough I'm almost done y'all I know I'm boring y'all so as with all gifts God has given prophecy to be a blessing to the church let me help you prophecy is for the church somebody say for the church it is not for the prophet it is not for the person being prophesied to but prophecy is for the church. Everybody say for the church. You got to understand that to get this. And before it can truly bless the church, we must understand the guidelines for its use in the body. And first of all, every true prophet and every true prophecy must be submitted to the authority of the local church. Uh, uh, people ain't going to like this. I know they ain't going to like this. As a matter of fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 37 and 38, after giving some instructions for the use of the gifts in the church, Paul says this, 
If you claim to be a prophet or think you are spiritual, then you need to recognize that what I'm saying is a command from the Lord himself. But if you do not recognize my authority, then you yourself will not be recognized. Paul essentially says that if you are a true prophet, then you should be able to submit to the leadership of the church, which Paul represented. Now, this is important because there are so many so-called prophets that feel that they're too anointed to submit to authority or that they don't need to be connected to the local church. But the Bible teaches something completely different because there are a lot of people who say, I'm not, I, I'm not connected to a local church right now because I'm called to the body of Christ. I'm, I'm called to the body of Christ. But Paul teaches and scripture supports that you cannot be called to the body of Christ globally without first being submitted to the church locally. God help me. Uh, you got to understand that if you are truly spiritual and you are truly prophetic you'll understand and align yourself accordingly and if you do not then we should not listen to you or receive you as a prophet God help me and um, this for all the people who feel like they're too big to have a church home all of the people who feel like they're too anointed to submit to pastoral leadership and another reason why prophecy has to be submitted is because prophecy has to be evaluated because I told you already that because of our sinful nature prophecy can at times be wrong you can miss it you can be completely off now this is the beauty of grace because in the old testament if you were off as a prophet deuteronomy 18 said put you to death but because of the grace of god and the sacrifice of jesus we no longer put you to death for your transgression but you do need to submit to correction this is why we also must understand that there is no such thing as a totally private prophecy. Prophecy can and does happen in a one-on-one -on -one setting. But any true prophet should be able to handle being evaluated, evaluated by somebody in leadership. Yeah. This is why we got to be careful of prophets who always want to pull you aside and speak something to you in private. And those who want to speak things into your spirit and then tell you not to tell nobody. Because if a word is from the Lord, the Bible says it should be able to withstand evaluation. As a matter of fact, Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 2 verses 20 and 21, but know this. All, uh, but know this first of all, no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Spirit spoke from God. Let me say it again in case you didn't hear it. This is Peter. This is Jesus' right-hand man. This is the leader of the first century church. He says, but know this, no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. Peter says that no prophecy is for you to take home and figure out for yourself. But if it really comes from God, it should be submitted to pastoral leadership or to other sanctioned prophets, sanctioned prophets, approved prophets, validated prophets, submitted prophets in the local church. I know y'all don't like this because this is the hard part. Because most of the time, people who call themselves prophets like to pretend to be spiritual, but they can't stand order. 
And that's how you know whether or not a person is operating in the gift of prophecy or in the spirit of witchcraft and divination. Because a person that is acting, operating in witchcraft and divination will seem spiritual until it's time to submit to leadership and operate in order. Because witchcraft and divination, everybody say witchcraft. Say witchcraft. I know you don't believe in it, but it's a real spirit. Somebody say divination. Witchcraft is a spirit that tries to impersonate the power of God, but the manifestations of witchcraft don't come from God. They come from the devil because they do not glorify God. They glorify the person performing the work. So if a person is operating in a gift and they do not draw attention to God, they are operating in witchcraft. Somebody say witchcraft divination is a fortune telling a future telling a foretelling spirit in the bible it's called the spirit of python as a matter of fact in the book of acts the bible says that there was a young girl in ephesus that was following paul around and she was declaring hear this the right thing but she was saying it from the wrong spirit because she was following paul around saying this man is a servant of the most high god hear what he had to say but paul wasn't there to draw attention to himself he he was there to preach the gospel so Paul called on the spirit of divination in the girl and said loose her and let her go and the spirit let her go sometimes people say the right things with the wrong motivation they're doing it to draw attention to themselves and they dress it up and thus saith the Lord that is the spirit of divination everybody say witchcraft and divination witchcraft and divination then beloved are spirits that masquerade as spirituality and wisdom but they reject the order of the body of Christ and they operate not to draw people to God but to draw disciples after themselves they are spirits that seem to say and do all the right things but they say and do them for the wrong reasons they tell you exactly what you want to hear right in the moment that you want to hear it but that is rarely the case with true prophecy True prophecy will often get on your nerves and rub you the wrong way because it won't allow you to believe that you're right with God when you're not. And we live in an hour when many are claiming to be prophets, but all they are, God help me, are glorified hype men who use spiritual undertones to promote their own agenda, but they can't tell you who their pastor is, what church they belong to, or the last time they sat through a worship service when they weren't on the program to say something. And there was a great deception that is robbed the true prophets of their power and their authority in the kingdom and that deception is that prophets don't need the local church and that they don't need to be submitted to pastoral authority but hear me beloved and hear me good before you were a prophet you were a Christian and you cannot be a better prophet than you are a disciple and the Bible teaches that if you are truly spiritual and if you truly consider yourself a prophet the first thing you need to do is submit to the order of the church yeah, I know that's tight, but it's right. Some people are going to get mad at me. I got friends uh, that don't have a pastor and they call themselves a prophet and they are on Facebook Live giving prophecies and raising offerings, but they're unsubmitted. You're not submitted to a church that you don't go to. You need to sit under the word if you're a prophet. You got to be a student of the word if you're a prophet. You got to submit to authority if you're a prophet. You're not going to prophesy in this house and you ain't served nowhere. You're not going to get a microphone and say anything that you believe God has said in this house I don't care how good you can see in the spirit if you have not been submitted because God cannot anoint who God cannot trust and if God can't trust you to submit then he can't trust you to speak not only then 
must prophecy be submitted to the local church. But prophecy has to understand that it is a guiding gift and not a governing gift. Yeah. Prophecy is a guiding gift. Somebody say guiding gift. And not a governing gift. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 4, I preached it last week, verses 7 through 13. Paul gives us the different gifts that are active and available in the church. The two gifts that Paul gives us that govern the church are the apostle. Everybody say apostle. And the pastor. Somebody say pastor. Apostles and pastors govern the church. These are the gifts that God has uniquely anointed to establish and lead the church forward. The prophet is not a ruler or a leader in and of themselves. How do you know that? The word prophet tells you what the role of the prophet is. Everybody say prophet. Okay, I'm going to get deep for a moment, show y'all I've been to school a little bit. The word prophet in the Greek is a word prophetes. Somebody say prophetes. Yeah, now you can tell somebody you learn Greek. You know a Greek word, prophetes. Uh, the word phetes is the Greek word photos. It's where we get the word photograph. It means to see. Okay? The word pro in the Greek is a prefix that means ahead or before. So prophetes means to see ahead or see forward. It is the same word that the Greeks would use for a navigator. A man on the ship that had the responsibility of looking at the map and telling the captain where the ship should go would be called prophetes on a ship. That's why most preachers incorrectly assume that prophecy is preaching. But prophecy happens when they guide and show the church the way that God wants them to go. Then is the responsibility of pastors and apostles to lead the church forward. Let me give it to you this way. If the church were a car, the prophet is the horn, not the steering wheel. The horn is on the steering wheel, but you don't use the horn to steer the car. You hear what I'm saying? The prophet is a guiding gift and not a governing gift. This means that prophets, true prophets, should never try to use their gift to take power in the church or to draw disciples after themselves. But true prophets come to strengthen the church. Even when a prophet has to challenge error in leadership, the prophet does it in order and with honor, and they don't use the prophetic as an excuse to be rebellious or belligerent. Prophets are grieved by division in the church and promote unity under the banner of God's agenda. This means that you can't be a true prophet and at the same time be perpetually petty or messy or a gossip because bitter and sweet can't come from the same fountain. You can't be a prophet 
and at the same time be mean and nasty to people because the motivating factor for prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14 and 1, is love. God speaks to us because he loves us. So you can't speak for God and hate his people. God help me. And there are too many so-called prophets who feel like being a prophet means that you have to be short with people, be rude to people, be standoffish to people. You ain't got no filter. I'm a prophet. I can't, I can't be around folk. I can't, I, I can't be nice to people. I just got to call it like I see it. But 1 Corinthians 14 32 says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet themselves. Meaning that you are never out of control as a prophet. As a matter of fact, God installs with prophecy a filter yeah if you truly have a gift of prophecy the filter comes with it okay you don't you don't get it you don't get it let me help you uh, 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 back in the day when you make coffee um, you'd have to buy coffee uh, in a coffee machine I know some of y'all ain't old enough to know how to for real make coffee you'd have to buy coffee but you couldn't just put the coffee grounds in the machine what did you have to do you had to get a and put the grounds inside of the filter and the filter is how the coffee would make and so some prophets act like they're coffee machine prophets that I got the coffee grounds of prophecy but I ain't got no filter you got to get the filter separately but God is not a coffee machine God is a Keurig God help me uh, God says prophecy is a Keurig machine that the filter comes with it God help me so you can't say I'm mean and I'm short and I just got to say it how I feel it because God don't talk to you that way God loves you in love and he know everything about your trifling self but when God speaks to you he speaks to you with love because it is the love of God not the conviction of God that draws men to repentance yeah so prophets must first and foremost be disciples who are covered by and connected to the local church they must be men and women of God who show honor where honor is due and who are able to receive correction. They must be students of the word of God. Somebody say students of the word. And they got to love the Bible. Because every word they speak will be tested by its pages. They can't be motivated by fame and for a desire of platform or for their own personal gain. But when they speak they must be motivated for the love of Christ and for his church. I want to be clear. God does not anoint those whom he cannot trust. Which means that your anointing as a prophet will never exceed your faithfulness as a follower of Jesus Christ. If you think that you can speak for God or that you can hear God and at the same time live an unsubmitted life, then you are, then you are severely mistaken. Now, don't allow the fact that your gift still works to deceive you into thinking that you are right with God. Because Jesus said himself, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. God help me. Uh, now Jesus lets us know. I know people don't like this. People don't like it because you thought that because your gift worked, God was still working with you. But the Bible says in Romans that gifts and callings come without repentance, that God doesn't activate your gift because you write with him. God activates your gift because people in the body need your gift and they don't know that you fake it, that people need real miracles and God can perform real miracles through fake prophets. 
that God can draw straight lines with crooked sticks. The problem is you will be used by God and not be known by God. Jesus tells us that it is possible to think that you are prophesying in the name of God and at the same time be practicing lawlessness. Now, how does this happen? This happens by focusing more on your gift than on your relationship with the giver. This happens because you think that you can use God's gifts for your own purposes and not functioning within the parameters, the guidelines that God has set. This happens by thinking that you can be a prophet and not be an obedient disciple. And if that is you, then Jesus has sobering news for us all. We can spend our life functioning in a gift that blesses everybody around us, thinking that we're pleasing God and that a place is prepared for us in heaven. But when you see the Savior, he will tell you that he doesn't know you and that there is no place for you at his side because heaven is not the place where prophets receive their payday, but it is the place where faithful servants take their rest. Jesus said, well done. That good and faithful, not prophet, not pastor, not apostle, not evangelist, not teacher, that faithful servant. And the way you know you are a faithful servant is whether or not you are obeying the will of your master. Okay. I'm done. We believe that God is still speaking. And we believe that God is speaking to his church through the gift of prophecy. And that is the responsibility of those with the gift of prophecy to hear God and not say what they want to say. Not say what they feel like saying. But say what God has said. And the reality is there was power in prophecy. And this is for two reasons that I'm in my seat. First of all, there is power in prophecy. Because prophecy is the proof that God is a promise-keeping God. Prophecy, the act of prophecy. Now, I'm not talking about the fulfillment of prophecy, right? I'm talking about the act of prophecy in itself. In itself. The fact that God is speaking through prophets is proof that God will keep his word. Because in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, God declares... That in the last days he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh and that his sons and his daughters would prophesy and that this outpouring of the spirit would be a sign that salvation was on the way because Jesus said or because God said rather through Joel that when the prophets began to prophesy that whoever called upon the name of the Lord would be saved. So every time a prophet speaks. It is a reminder that God is a promise-keeping God, okay? I know uh, that you can't shout over that because God hasn't made you any promises. But is there anybody here in the building that's waiting on God to do something that you know he promised you? You're waiting on a child to redirect their life that God promised you would serve him. You're waiting on finances to come to you that God said would come into your hand. And you ought to be glad about the fact that God is a promise-keeping God. Is there anybody here who's glad that God is a promise-keeping God? That God is able to fulfill his promise? Prophecy is proof that God is a promise-keeping God I got to quit but not only that secondly there is power in prophecy because prophecy reveals that God has God's people on God's mind 
Prophecy is proof that when everybody leaves you, when nobody wants to speak to you, when friends have forsaken you, God is talking to you. When you feel like you're in the dark and you don't know what's going on, prophecy is proof that God has not left you by yourself. I know you don't believe it, but Amos chapter 3, I'm back in the text now. Verse 7 says, surely the Lord God does nothing. Somebody say nothing. Unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. God tells us that Amos, or Amos tells us rather, that God is up to something. Somebody say God is up to something. Yeah, the color purple said God is trying to tell you something. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he tells us that God is moving. But when God gets ready to move, beloved, he'll never leave us in the dark. But all I have to do is hear him or connect with somebody who can hear him. And the prophets will let me know what's going on. And there's good news for us because if you're anything like me and you watch the news and you see the condition of the country, uh, it makes you wonder what in the world is going on. Have you, have you ever looked at the news and wonder what in the world is God doing? What, what, what in the world is happening? Uh, why are things going the way that they're going? God, are you out there? Do you see what's happening? Have you seen my bank account balance? Do you see what this fool is doing in the White House? But the Bible says that while God's moves and intentions are hidden from the rest of the world. God will never leave his people in the dark, but he will reveal his secret counsel and he will tell his heavenly business, God help me, to his servants, the prophets. And that's good news, beloved. There is a word from the Lord. And I don't care what your last church tried to tell you. I don't care if you feel like you're unqualified to hear from God. I don't care if you don't believe it yourself. God is still speaking through his prophets. God help me. I feel like preaching. I know y'all ain't going to go with me, but I came here today needing a word from the Lord. I needed God to tell me something. Is there anybody here who needed to hear from God? I mean, be honest. Take off pretense for a minute. It ain't enough people in here for us to play church. Is there anybody here that knows they need to hear from God? You need to hear from God for your marriage. You need to hear from God for your mind. You need to hear from God from your single, for your singleness. You need to hear from God for your business. You're wondering if this entrepreneurial thing is going to work out. You're wondering if God is going to make a way and you need a word from the Lord. But good God Almighty, Amos said a lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? And we can try to deny the present day existence of the prophetic in the church. But the Bible tells us that God is still speaking. I know you don't feel like it today. But God told me to preach this thing like this house was full. And I got to be obedient to the Lord. So do me a favor. Help me preach. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor. Oh, God, do it for real. Say, neighbor. God is still speaking. I'm going there, Mike, but give me a second. God is still speaking. I know we got trouble in the White House, but God is still speaking. I know you got trouble in your house, but God is still speaking. I know you're wondering how you're going to make it, but God is still speaking. I know your haters are talking, but God 
is still speaking. I know prophets are lying, but God is still speaking. I know you felt like you're going to lose your mind, but God is still speaking. And if God is still speaking, then just like men turn yellow with fear when a lion roars, then when God speaks, the prophets have to prophesy. And I want to speak to every prophet now, every person who ever felt like they may have had a prophetic gift, but doubt and fear has shut your mouth. I want to tell you that it's time for the prophets to prophesy. I know people in the church tell you that you can't do it, but prophets prophesy. I know they told you that you were unqualified because you were a woman, but prophets prophesy. I know you might feel like you'll never have your turn, like you'll never get the mic, like you'll never be on stage, but prophets have to prophesy. God has spoken. God, y'all ain't helping me here, but prophets got to prophesy. And is there anybody here that can say, we need a word from the Lord? We need to hear God. I'm not talking about another cute sermon with three points, a poem, and a hoop, and a song, but I'm talking about a real word from God that will change our lives. The thing about preaching is you can hear preaching all your life and stay the same. That's why we got so many preachers that preach good, but they live nasty. They treat people bad. They act foul. They don't know how to treat people because preaching will not change you because preaching comes from your mind, but prophecy comes from heaven. We need preachers to preach, but we also need prophets to prophesy. And it's time out for you to sit on the sidelines of life, keeping things to yourself. Prophecy ain't for you, baby. Prophet is for, prophecy is for the church. And if God is saying something, you've got to prophesy. Do me a favor now. Tell somebody there is a word from the Lord. God is still speaking. God, help me here. I'll never forget this. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was getting somewhere. I was headed somewhere. And I was using my, my GPS system. And I was using the GPS. God, help me. And, and for some reason, I don't know how it happened, but my volume got turned down on my instructions. When I got close to the destination, when I got close to the destination, the volume on the GPS went down. And I was no longer able to hear the words on my GPS. But this is the wonderful thing about Apple CarPlay. Apple CarPlay, when your phone volume is turned down, Apple CarPlay will put a message on the screen of your vehicle and tell you that Siri is still talking. God help me, you missed it. I thought that I had lost the instructions and I was close to the destination, Felicia, but I hadn't made it there yet. I needed more instructions and I thought that the GPS was done, but there was a message on the screen that said Siri is still talking. So when I saw that Siri was still talking, I turned up the volume on my car so that I could hear the instructions. And when I heard the instructions, I made it safely to my destination. Come here, let me preach to you. You've been living life with half of the instructions. God, help me. You thought that this was all that God had to say. But God wants you to know that he's still speaking through his prophets. God, help me. God is still talking to you. And if you would just pay attention, Lord, help me here. You would get to where you want to go. But some of us are determined to be lost. We don't believe that God is speaking. And so we turn down the volume 
and pretend that it's our feelings and pretend that it's our emotions and we let preachers who don't have enough power to blow their nose in the spirit tell us that God ain't talking I'm not going to let some preacher that doesn't have the Holy Ghost that doesn't love their wife that doesn't hear God that doesn't believe in miracles force me to believe something that the Bible doesn't teach preachers say he's done talking but God says that he's still speaking and at the end of the day oh God you better believe that God is still speaking oh God let me help you one more time I gotta get in my seat now it's time it's gotta go we gotta Mother's Day is here and y'all gotta take your mamas out to eat and stuff but can I close like this I sent my daughter or my son to tell my daughter something and my son decided that he wasn't going to tell my daughter exactly what I said but he was going to put his own spin on what I had said and so Jew runs in their room and Kishana he tells my daughter a version of what I said uh, and he tells my daughter that version with authority and he tells her that version with power in his voice he even yells that to me a little bit to get his point across but to me it doesn't move why because she understands the voice of her father God help me because she spent time with her daddy she knows when her daddy is talking and when her daddy is not so she knows that you overstepped his boundaries speaking on her father's behalf so she didn't move and so I said to Mia did you tell you what I said she said no he didn't tell me what you said he told me something like what you said but because I knew that you didn't say it I kept playing with my dollhouse come here let me help you let's have church now for a minute God says you can't override knowing the Bible because it is the Bible that familiarizes you with the voice of your father it is the Bible that lets you know whether or not prophecy is true but you got to understand whether or not it's your father talking before you bust a move so when Tamia actually heard my voice she got up from her dollhouse and did what I said and is there anybody here now can I tell you what I love about that I'm sorry let me tell you what I love about that Tamia didn't stop a false word to keep her from receiving the real word when it finally came when the real word finally came she got up and bust a move let's have church for a moment I know that there's false prophets in the church and I know that there are people who are acting as if they're speaking for God and I know some false prophet while he was raising an offering made you feel like he was speaking for God and it turned you off forever but God told me to tell you that when he's talking you better understand how to hear his voice and when you hear his voice harden not your heart the Bible says don't despise prophecy but test everything to see if it's true and I want somebody to know in this hot church this morning that God is still speaking do me a favor for about 30 seconds and help me preach now I don't have as much time as I had last week so we got to do it quick grab your neighbor by the hand and say neighbor God is still speaking I know you don't feel like it 
but God is still speaking. There's a word from the Lord for your finances. There's a word from the Lord for your mind. Let me stretch out a little bit. There's a word from the Lord to heal your sin condition. There's a word from the Lord that will lift you up, that will turn your life around. There's a word from the law that will help you understand whether or not to start your business. There's a word from the Lord, wives, that'll keep you from leaving your husband. There's a word, husbands, from the law that will keep you from cussing out your wife. Is there anybody here in the building today who believes that there is a word from the law that God is still speaking that one way or another God will find a way to get a word to you. I got to close here now. My time is up. But is there anybody here that's glad only need two or three witnesses that the law is still speaking to you. He should have cut you off. But God is still speaking to you. He should have left you alone. But the law is still speaking to you. Is there anybody here? Is there anybody here in the building today? I told you I feel like preaching. I said, is there anybody here in the building today who knows that the law is speaking to you? Now, I got to close here now, but I told you that it's Mother's Day. And some of you are just like me. You had a prophet in your life, but this prophet wasn't on TV. This prophet wasn't a televangelist. This prophet that spoke the first word of the law in your life was a woman that heard from God that taught you to say yes man and no man. That taught you how to say yes sir and no sir. And I want to thank God for the first prophet in my life. This ain't for y'all now. But mama, I want to thank you because you are the one who taught me that there is a word from the law. When I was locked up in jail and my mother and father didn't have the money to bail me out, my mama came and put a hand on that glass and said, son, this ain't where you're going to end up. But I got a word that told me that you're going to serve the Lord. Is there anybody here who's thankful for the first prophet in your life? Now, Pastor Josh, you're being insensitive. Everybody doesn't have their mother here to be thankful for. Everybody here is not happy about Mother's Day because they are grieving and their mother is not around. But is there anybody here who can thank God that when mother and father were gone, that the Lord took you up? Daddy held you in his 
a father to the fatherless. If you know it today, can I ask a few of you a question? Huh? 